Stop your tax problem from getting worse. The information is free and the help is real. Call 800-795-1041. That's 800-795-1041. Again, 800-795-1041. For John's 60th birthday, his family planned to drive down old Route 66. But the trip took a detour when his wife got sick with RSV. It's a highly contagious virus that can lead to breathing problems and hospitalizations. This year, we don't want to cancel our plans. We're protecting ourselves with Pfizer's RSV vaccine, Abrisvo, respiratory syncytial virus vaccine. Abrisvo, a vaccine to prevent lower respiratory disease from RSV in people 60 years and older. It's not for everyone and may not protect all who receive it. Don't get Abrisvo if you've had an allergic reaction to its ingredients. A weakened immune system may decrease your response. Most common side effects are tiredness, headache, injection site pain, and muscle pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-844-989-7284 or visit abrisvo.com. So don't wait. Ask your pharmacist or doctor about Pfizer's RSV vaccine at Brisvo, because every breath matters. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. And Spiegel show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We'll do a Bears report for the first of four combine reports with Mark Grody. By the way, they were wheeling uh, Andy Reid around here today. I think he was the uh, only one that had a, that I saw that had a golf cart out here today for his media availability. They see me rolling, they hating, patrolling, and trying to catch me riding dirty. We put a little mustard and a little ketchup on it. Good things happen. Good for him. I thought you were having a Terry Bradshaw moment. Let me get the big guy in here. Come on, waddle over here. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought of. I was like, uh, like, oh, they don't want him waddling up on these podiums. They don't want him waddling. He just had hip surgery. The hell's this? A siesta? What? I wasn't sleeping. I was resting my hips. I was supposed to have surgery. First bout, all favor, Super Bowl champion. He's got a tree. Put some respect on that man's name. Why did you guys project that as not complimentary? I said he's got a golf cart. The man had driven away in the cart. You guys took it negative. I thought maybe he was on a hand truck strapped in like Hannibal Lecter. Take this thing back to Baltimore. Oh, and Senator, just one more thing. Love your suit. It was so sad, too, because he was out in the hallway after he talked, and there was a group of about 15 Chiefs fans who were all chanting for him to come out, and he just just wouldn't do it. All he had to do was zoom the golf cart over to these guys, sign a few autographs, and get out of there, but he didn't want anything of it. He had a tea time, probably. I I don't know. He's got 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 a... How's he going to waddle on the golf course? Oh, God. And then there was Mo Black's brother, Fat Andy. Oh, my God. You guys, this is terrible. It's not nice. Shame. Shame Not to be nice. associated with all oh. of them. Put it in reverse, Terry. Back it up, Terry. Put it in reverse. By the way, they were wheeling uh, Andy Reid around here. One, one, two, three. And here we go, Jeff. Here we go. Here we go, Jeff. Here we go, Tony. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station.
We go to Indianapolis, the site of the Combine, and are joined by our good friend and yours, Bears reporter, Mark Grody, Moby Ditka, on DN's Day. What up, Mark? What's going on, guys? Yeah, I, I did not see Andy uh, Reid being wheeled around today, but I did see Jim Harbaugh limping around today. I didn't realize that he kind of he walks with a slight limp as I saw him walking down one of the big hallways at the convention center like an ex, ex-football player. Mm. Um, also, Caleb Williams is in the house. I actually saw the man today. With my own eyes, he is expected to speak on Friday. There is no issue with the Bears and, you know, whether or not he would want to go to the Bears. I mean, he is all of a sudden, as as we all saw from Pete Thamel on ESPN, he is all of a sudden saying all the right things. So things seem to be falling in place with Caleb Williams. He's still not going to work out. He is, has met by now. He has met with Ryan Poles. So looking forward to hearing from Caleb Williams on Friday. As for... But hold on a sec, bro, because that, yeah, that, that's sure. important that you added that last detail right there. So he'll speak on Friday, but he spoke this morning in that interview uh, that you referenced, said he was looking forward to his first date with the Bears. As of right now, it has happened. It has it has taken place. We don't know whether yep. he played darts or whether <laughs> he used the putter, but one would assume that some of the early questions they have for each other has taken place. It's kind of a it, it, it's an important demarcation line to acknowledge. There's, there's no doubt about it, and you know, I think Caleb Williams knows what's being said. He obviously gets advice from people, and I think that to you know, if you are a Caleb Williams fan. You should know that he has come in with a little bit more humility, I think. And yes, he is he is ready to go to the Chicago Bears if that is the team that that decides to draft him. You know, everybody's asking. I I did I posted that I saw Caleb Williams walking around, and everybody's asking me about his like on Twitter, like how big is he? What's the size? What's the size? I will say he is not a impressively tall guy, and by any means, I mean like I. I was sitting in the hallway and just watching all these players walk back and forth. And then there comes Caleb Williams. I didn't really even recognize him at first, probably because he was not in any, all these guys, like all the players that you see, they're all wearing the same track suit sponsored by the, you know, by the NFL combine. He didn't have any of that on. He had like one guy next to him. So it was very unassuming when I saw Caleb Williams and it was just, it was odd because we've, we've built him up so much that you expect this really impressive prospect, but we know that the height is one of those things that, you know, people are a little bit concerned about. And I will say that is not a tall man. <laughs> we'll see what he measures in at. I mean, he's not, you, he's not Bryce Young, but he's certainly not do you Cam can, Newton. Do you consider six feet tall, tall enough? Because that's probably about what he'll measure at. Yeah, no, Parker, that's probably about right. That's probably mm-hmm. about right. I mean, he's he's he looks like he's taller than Bryce Young. He does look bigger than Bryce Young. You know, well, Bryce Young is so yeah. slight all, all over. There, there was a little bit of size to him. So, yeah, and I'm not I'm not saying my point in saying that he he's not tall, that you know, he seems like a, a relative to quarterbacks in this in the NFL, he is short. That does not in any way push me off of Caleb Williams. 
And I'm, I have heard nobody, you know, GM wise or anybody that we've talked to who, who has yet to be scared away from Caleb Williams. I know they put his height at six one. I think. Yeah, he's li- he's listed six one two fifteen. Some people think he'll measure in closer to six feet. But there there are pictures of him and Bryce Young next to each other from, uh, from a Heisman ceremony. I think like he's he's noticeably taller than than Bryce Young. I've been oh, yeah. the size, uh, you know, respectfully my my whole life. Yeah, that was Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> now that was not true. <laughs> yeah, he has not been that size not- his whole life because we had a birthing no. miracle. If that's the case. God, that's right, man. Reminiscing about last year's combine. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is that that's that those are my eyes on Caleb Williams today. And yeah, I don't think the size will ultimately be a problem, but it certainly is notable. Also notable, gents, we talked about the defensive ends and we're going to keep with the Caleb Williams track going here. Um, one of the guys that we talked to who I found to be a really super engaging guy. He is also a fantastically talented defensive end. His name is Layatu Latu uh, from UCLA. 13 sacks for the Bruins last year, 10 and a half sacks the year before. But most importantly, the man played against USC's Caleb Williams last year. UCLA won the game 38-20. to um, Williams in the game had 384 passing yards, a touchdown, a pick, and this is Latu's impression of Caleb Williams. I mean, it was crazy getting after Caleb Williams. I mean, we didn't really let him escape the pocket too much. You know, he made throws just because he's a great quarterback, but... Um... It was great playing against them. I mean, we, me and the Twins had two-way goals pretty much all the time, getting after him, and then with Carl as a spy. I mean, we really just dominated that game. How does he challenge you as a defense with a quarterback that is able to get mobile? I mean, as soon as you beat that first man, you got to be ready for him to scramble. you got to be ready for him to, you know, escape the pocket, and he does that very well, and he's he's really tough to get down as well. I have met I think I, I think I do have a scheduled meeting for, with them coming up. And we got a lot of informal, so they can come grab him too. Yeah. Is Caleb Williams the best quarterback you think here? I would say I would say so. Yeah, the, especially who we played and stuff like that. And I got to give credit to Michael Penix and Bo Nix as well. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt so much, but I mean, we got the win that that last season, so that helps. <laughs> Good stuff. Layatu Latu talking about Caleb Williams. Uh, we did edge rushers earlier today in Paul's position at 3 o'clock. And mm-hmm. Latu is the most polished and complete edge rusher in this class, according to most people. Groats, he, he's got moves and he, he knows what he's doing. Great hands. Uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, on my board, I do have Dallas Turner first. I mean, he, he's been the guy that I'm most impressive, impressed with. But Latu is definitely gaining momentum. A lot of people like him, um, even ahead of Dallas Turner. But he is. I mean, he is an impressive player. He, look, this this is a guy, too, who has overcome an incredibly serious injury. He, his, he got his neck injured in his first year playing. And, you know, he, as they put it, they had retired him. They had medically retired him, saying that you can't keep on playing ball because that's a serious injury. But he overcame it and has had double-digit sack years the last two years. Um, he talked a ton about that story and you know thinking you know, that he wasn't even supposed to be here and all that. So this guy's overcome a lot, and he's he's wildly talented as well.
What did he say about the Bears, and do you think that he's in play at number nine? Oh, man. I I tend to think he's probably not in play at at number nine. I mean, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. Um, you know, he made it he made it very clear that he's he's excited about the idea of going to the Bears. And as a matter of fact, he kind of let us in a little bit on his meeting with Ryan Poles. And as Speaks was talking about, the fun stuff. I, I did the darts. Uh, cause golf, I took a golf. I did golf for the first time in Arizona, and I, and I sucked. But um, he had me do the darts, and uh, I, I was almost close to getting a bullseye. But that, that was pretty surprising to me that they had me do that. Um, they just had me do it myself, and I, I got I got really close to that bullseye. But, I mean, that, that was so funny to me that they had me do that. What do you hope the Bears got out of that Really that, you know, like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm competitive. And, you know, within the darts, I feel like, you know, when they were telling me, okay, get a bullseye, like, I would come close every time. So really just, you know, when they told me to do something, that I'd really, really do it. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the competition and the fact that he responded to their question. I, 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 yeah. I continue to love the idea of, the, of, of this kind of thing. Just to, like, just to, you, see, you see how they react to, like, listening to coaches. You see if they get annoyed. Like, the stuff that you pick up that's not even about playing the game itself, the yeah. interpersonal stuff, you know? Right. And, and Speaks, I've also gotten the feeling from, from talking to Latu and from talking to other players that have visited with the Bears and, you know, these guys go, you know, they visit with 15 teams sometimes – that the Bears are, I'm not saying that they are the only team that does this, but no other, like these guys, like Latu said, yeah, no other team did anything like that. It was very unique. So, you know, I'm sure Polls got the idea from somebody, but uh, it, it is a unique thing that the Bears do, or seemingly it is different. Because Latu, you heard him, he's like, he's like, what the hell's going on here? Oh, darn, yeah. <laughs> like, it's awesome. All right, cool, man. Well, because it's, it's 15 minutes or 20 minutes. It's right. It, I don't remember which, but it 20, yeah. tw- tw- 20 minutes. So they're using a percentage of not that much time to do something that seems inconsequential. They must think they're getting something out of it. I, I think that they do. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's the athletic prowess necessarily, but I think may- maybe part of it too, Parkins is to, is just to loosen the guys up, you know? And, yeah. and also just they're getting the feedback that they want. Like the words out. Bears have a fun room, you know? Hey, those guys, that flus and that poles, man, they're wacky guys. They got darts set up. They got golf. They got the whole thing. So it's a win. It's a winning situation for the Bears to do something like that. All right. What else do we need to know about them? Yeah. One more thing from, from Latu. And I was, um, I was channeling Tevin Jenkins a little bit when I heard this because he was searching for a word at one point in time. But oh, this is your guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing about Latu. This is serious. He uh, he has aspirations of being a, a fireman someday, and he's already done some of it. Listen to Latu here. You mentioned firefighting. What specifically have you done with that? Really, it was just I talked to certain um, stations while in LA, and then. Um, Kind of just doing certain uh, certain uh, workouts that they do, uh, like you know they put the vest on. They're like walking up, like you know the stairs, uh, stairmaster. I think that's what it's called. You know, doing it for like literally ten minutes with like fifty pounds on your on your chest. So, you know, I was doing certain workouts like that just to get me ready for if that was the next step I took. But all the while, I was still working pass rushing in my football abilities. Oh man, I really feel like you and he could have a very Tevin Jenkins esque relationship. <laughs> well, did you do you have stairmasters? Do you have yeah, stairmasters yeah. there? <laughs> it's called stairmaster. <laughs> yeah, 
That's what they're called. Oh, That's right. Yeah. He nailed it. He absolutely nailed yeah. it. Yep. Oh. oh, hey, I like really talented players with great personalities. And that's what I learned. That. About. Yeah, yeah, I, I that's what I learned about Latu today. But no, he's also an excellent defensive end. All right, as we continue this uh, Bears report from the Combine, do you want to keep going with the DNs or do you want to talk to your, no. media, your media stars? Parkins, look, we can't go two cuts without having something about Caleb Williams. My so man, it this- is in the contract. This is a reprieve. This is a little pause. And then we'll get back to the defensive ends. I still got more DNs to hear from, like Excellent. like Dallas Turner, who's my guy, um, in terms of the guy that I'd like the Bears to draft. But Chris Sims, I talked to today. And um, I, you know, he's always got a lot to say. So I asked him about Caleb Williams. My big takeaway would be that it, it's there's not going to be a conversation about the number one quarterback in the draft this year. That's not going to happen. It's 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 him. And then we can start to talk about the rest of the other guys. But there's a gap. So that's what I'll say. And then, yes, his arm strength, his ability to throw the ball at all the crazy platforms, and then his athleticism, which I think was the thing that kind of surprised me more than I realized. Man, his side-to-side movement, the way he can break tackles and make people miss in space, is a little, it's better than I thought it was just watching college football on TV. right? So there are some things there that uh, certainly are special. And if I had to get in the negatives, would be just, hey, there's two things I want to find out. One, the person, the attitude, why didn't we talk to the media, you know, some other things like that off the field that I'd want to know about. The second thing is, hey, you know, he got loose with the ball a little bit towards the end of the year. Now, I think there's a lot of reasons around that circumstance, right, where, hey, the team wasn't good. I mean, it was pitiful defense so he knew he had to do crazy stuff right even offense we're not talking about any usc people being in the first round in fact no we're the first two rounds great point so that's he's he knew oh crap i gotta do this to make us stay in this football game so that's where if you're evaluating you're gonna see a few throws and things where you go damn why did he throw that or why did he make that decision but you know a little bit like josh allen with the bills when you're always asked to save the damn team you're gonna every now and then go damn i need to do this and that to help us win or we're not gonna win and i think he fell in that trap a little bit too Hmm. he studies it hard man like uh Chris Sims, he takes it very, very seriously, his quarterback rankings. So for him to say that there's a big gap between one and two is very interesting. That's yeah, that, that's he noteworthy. also yeah, he also thinks that something's gonna happen soon and and how soon, you know, about a, he thinks, you know, within the next week or week and a half, he thinks that there'll be some sort of like the J- Justin Fields could very well get traded. Um, and he still has, you know, he's always been a supporter of Justin Fields as well. And he does have he, he does believe that Justin Fields can still be a really good quarterback in this league. Yeah, I think the time frame for Justin and for uh, Russell Wilson is is similar. I think it's going to be so a lot of QB movement and maybe very very soon. All right, look, I'm excited about the edge rushers. You said your guy, yeah. um, Dallas Turner, right? Is yeah. is your guy? And I know you got one for my guy coming up a little bit later on as well. Very excited. Who's your guy? All right, he's coming up. Go ahead. You just can't okay. go, go to right. yours. Okay. Go to yours, right. pal. Yeah. Alabama's Dallas Turner, 11 sacks last year, 15 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, two forest fumbles in the game. And he's talking about the Bears. Oh, the Chicago Bears, they have a very, uh, they're like, they're, their defense is really. From what I was seeing, their defense is based around their pass rushes and stuff like that. And so, like, you know, being a pass rusher on that team, you know, you get a lot of 
a lot of freedom and stuff like that. You get a lot of opportunities to make a lot of plays. So. Do you know much about that roster? I mean, on defense, it's pretty young. Uh, the only person I, I was really familiar with was probably Eddie Jackson, because he's a Bama alum. But, uh, but, yeah. Eddie gets a shout-out. Yeah, and he's not going to be on the Bears anymore. <laughs> so... There is that, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, no in Bama. I listen. I I don't think they're going to take an edge rusher at nine. Maybe if they trade down, Grody. But we did it for Bulls position today. Like Speak said, Dallas Turner has some plays where he plays very very hard. You could just tell. You could tell. Yeah. Uh, I I was I shared it earlier. He's got this. There was this screen pass against Texas. He's lined up over the right tackle. They're on the left hash mark. It's a screen pass to the left. So it's the opposite side of the field. And 25 yards down the field, he chases the running back down and forces the fumble. Like he, it's just a, it's a ridiculous high motor play. He, he probably runs past 17 of the 22 players on the field uh, yeah. to, to force the fumble. It's very impressive. And I, I don't remember if I told you guys this already or not in, in our conversations, but you know, I did have somebody in the know tell me that you know, la- remember last year with all of the really good defensive ends. It was a really good class, not a strong class this year, but I was told that Dallas Turner, the only guy that Dallas Turner would not have been as good as last year was Will Anderson. Um, So that is saying something in a really tough bunch that he's for real. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of really good uh, defensive ends in this class as well, just not as strong as last year. And Eddie Jackson too, it was put in uh, Dallas Turner's top five Alabama players of all time. Oh boy. Eddie getting, Eddie getting the double shout out. Yeah, no, he needs, uh, needs to know more Alabama players. And, uh, but I guess he was real. He was good at Alabama. Um, So Jared verse from Florida state is a fifth year senior and an absolute adult, you know? Uh, And so what did you make of him? What did you make? Yeah. I thought the, the most interesting thing came from a question about what separates him from the other guys in the defensive end class this year. I have respect for everyone in this class. All these guys are hardworking guys. I don't feel like there's anything athletic that separates me from them. There's dudes out here that are fast. There's dudes out here that are strong. I think the only thing that I have over all these guys that all you know that I had to earn was my hardworking ability. Being at Albany is something that you know made me get that. Only having one offer out of high school is something that you know, forced me to have that ability. Why were you overlooked coming up? And I was undersized out of high school. There was no doubting that I was 200 pounds. You know, six three. I was in the you know, some monstrous force, you know, I couldn't, you know, if you looked at me in high school, looked at me today, you would probably be like, what the, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I was definitely small, but during, you know, COVID, I took over, I took my full advantage, took advantage of the time I had off and just worked out. That's all I do. Yeah, it's a great story. That's a great story. The From Albany to Florida State to potentially a top 10, 15 pick in the NFL draft. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Not, nothing like a growth spurt and getting yeah, bigger to, exactly. uh, to, to to kind of bail you out in your career, and that's what happened for Florida State's Jared Verse. A, yeah. a late bloomer, yeah, yeah, a late bloomer. Yes. Lots of hard work in the weight room. That's uh, that's impressive. All right, now you're getting to my guy. He's, I know who your guy is now. He's, cra- he's crazy athletic and has unbelievable yeah. first step speed to get around the edge, but has not been productive and he's very very raw. But I still am smitten with Chop Robinson. Oh, yeah, we're chopping broccoli with Chop Robinson of Penn State. Four sacks last year. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Apologize again. <laughs> I'm chopping broccoli. Oh, don't say it again. Apologize no, no, again. No, no, no. apology no, no, no. needed. It's Game of the Red Show. Okay, Game of the Red Show. Right. Encouraging me to continue to do it. Ugh. Chopping broccoli. 
Um, he only played in seven games last year because he had a, a leg injury, did Chop Robinson. And like all of these guys, he would look good next to Montez Sweat. How closely do you look at rosters in the NFL to see who is on them already to scheme with? And I'm thinking about the Bears, too. They have Montez Sweat. Honestly, I'm happy for any opportunity that comes my way. I know a lot of the guys from watching them since I was a kid, so... You know, whatever team picks me, they're going to get the best out of me. Do you have a favorite defensive end in the league right now or somebody you look up to? Uh, I would say Nick Bosa and TJ Watt. Those two guys are definitely my favorite top ends. Yeah, those are good ones to choose. <laughs> those are good ones. I saw Pro Football Talk wrote up that a lot of guys were referencing Max Crosby. Yes. Today, that yes. He, he, was a po- yes. he was a popular one. That guy's all motor. Oh, yeah. No, he is well-loved, and it's because of that motor, and they just think he's crazy, and they think that they want to be like Max Crosby, and I, I don't blame him. That's, like, that's a pretty good guy to look up to as well. That's fascinating. I mean, that, that's, there are definitely guys who are more household names than Max Crosby or play on better teams than Max Crosby. I think so that, it's, it's interesting that he's as popular with young guys as he is. The motor, well, well, the, I, the motor is a thing, and I think the fact that it's a bad team and he still keeps producing is powerful. Oh, yeah. I also think that, look, I mean, the coaches love Max Crosby. They name check him like they talk. That makes sense. So that's the tape that they're probably showing these guys like that's what you you want to really. This is how you play that. This is the energy with which you play that position. I think that Max Crosby has that part down better than any, but he is elite in terms of that motor. All right, what uh, what Bears Nuggets do we have today, sir? Yes, yes, we've got a few things for you. Um, one other thing on Alabama's Dallas Turner. He played hoops on a, a Nike team in Florida with one Scotty Barnes, the NBA All-Star from oh. Toronto. So some, some hoops prowess out of him. Um, another defensive end to keep an eye on, and not not in the first round, certainly for the Bears, but maybe with their third round pick, if they do wait to take a defensive end, then um, Jonah Ellis of Utah. So I'm thinking about him potentially for that third round pick. Safeties will speak tomorrow. That's kind of important for the Bears because Eddie Jackson is gone. So somehow, some way, they need to collect safeties. Probably, you know, you're going to see some guys on the roster and free agency, but you know, they could go out and draft one of those guys with their later picks. And finally, I think you guys will appreciate this, being that you are both NBA fans and the doctor of the NBA, Chris Tannehill, is back there as well. I am going to the Pacers-Pelicans game tonight. Whoa! Halliburton-Zion action tonight. Look at you! Yeah, going to do the podcast and walk on over to whatever they call the stadium these days. That's close, right? It's nearby. It is. I just just saw it. I thought I was going to have to take an uber but it's a 13 minute walk so i'm gonna go out there and meet up with the the chgo crew i don't recall prescribing this but it's hard to argue (laughs) against it shane do you have any concerns as a a resident hoops junkie is this dangerous for mark grody he's recovering yeah i wouldn't mark in your condition i wouldn't (laughs) do what i've done and consume nba content right now Uh, you're not all of us are not strong enough for it Oh. Yeah, no, I I can understand that. Are, are the 
are the Pelicans a deep team, Jane? I mean, I know they're Zion, but are they a deep team is what I'm Again, Mark, think. as a recovering <laughs> yeah, junkie yeah. of the sport, I've chosen to not consume the content. Mark, um, you got Brandon Ingram. I don't fall off the wagon when it comes uh, to NBA. Mark, maybe you should find a hoops meeting instead. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. The 14 steps of hoops. <laughs> find an HA meeting steps. out there at a library in Indianapolis. <laughs> they had to come up with their own thing. Oh, you know what? If you have any time, by the way, I mean, I, I know you're working. You're working during the day, right? Yeah, I think so. But the um, the Kurt Vonnegut Museum, if you're a fan, is absolutely oh. awesome there in Indianapolis. Okay. That's really interesting. <laughs> He's in three fishing halls of fame. Hey, Mark, no. have you heard of Ruth's Chris? They've got some spicy cocktail sauce out there. Oh, oh, yeah, very popular oh, steakhouse. Give it a shot. Do they just put the shrimp right into? Because yep. you know that's what they do at San Elmo's. They put the shrimp right into the cocktail. Mm-hmm. So just, overrated. Yeah, so unbelievably horrible. Overrated. Place <laughs> sucks. I, I'll, I'll tell you the this. whole state Look, sucks. Not, oh my god, it's not overrated. But there's like 15 Chicago steakhouses that are as good or better. That, that I mean, yes. so it's not you. It's just that's just right. But that's, but those Chicago steakhouses, they're not in Indianapolis. <laughs> that is the difference. That is very true. Yeah. That is very true. Oh, last night, last night there was a Go on. a yeah yeah women in broadcasting party that they had that uh, Courtney Cronin puts together, and it's usually just women. She invited some of us to come there last night, so we went to the you know there to respect all the great female broadcasters out here at the combine, but also at the party, George McCaskey, Kevin Warren, really, so, wow. yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah. What's that? (laughs) Disregard what he said. I didn't. Weederer had a great story where George McCaskey showed up at a flag football game and he did a spot on McCaskey. (laughs) What are you doing here? Oh, yeah. (laughs) He did that for us. Yeah. Uh, so yes, ask Weeder next time you get him on. He does a very good George McCaskey. He did it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he was. Oh, referencing. he did. It. Yeah, we were just telling you he did it on our show. That's what he was oh, referencing. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't remember that. Bears. Well, uh, but that's, that's cool. That you're not listening. I'm not listening. It's cool. Great that, end. It's cool that you were there. You know, did you, did you ask Kevin Warren why he's working with the White Sox, trying to get a stadium deal. Did that come Didn't up? Get it. You know what? Unfortunately, when I came in, he was doing. We did the. We're both walking handshake. You know what I mean? Like he's heading out of there. Yeah, I'm heading in. Gave gave him reintroduced myself to him, and you know, just gave him a real. He's got a great handshake, great handshake out of Kevin Warren, but no real deep conversations with him. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, Woj just tweeted 23 seconds ago. Pelicans stars Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and C.J. McCollum all available tonight against the Pacers. Uh, You're going to a national TV game. That game's on ESPN. Look at you. I know it is. I know. I mean, I really lucked into this thing. So, right. but this is about the time of the year that Zion Williamson usually gets injured. So let's let's hope I get a half out of him at least tonight. All right, good stuff, Grody. We'll talk tomorrow. Bye, guys. Bears. Thanks, buddy. Bye. He's the best. Yeah. Yes, he he is. There was Every a really five. there was a really weird vibe at the Cody Bellinger press conference today. It's a really unique situation. All right. Well, what you took away from it, it's uh, Parkinson Spiegel on the screen. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I am actually doing a radio show with Parkinson Spiegel, and I wasn't particularly good. I mean, not that that's a new thing. Afternoons on the score. And, and free agency is like a, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like a turkey and a, and a thermometer. You kind of have to go in, see what the temperature is, evaluate it. 
that deserved a rim shot, but that's okay. I didn't I didn't grasp that one. Did you? The the fish, Scott Morris, I mean I, I just, my eyes glaze over. The turkey and the thermometer yeah. and like you have to go in and check the temperature. Most turkeys come with like the temperature little the little button that pops out when it when it's done, I I suppose. Yeah. Well hmm. He was there. He was there. On camera. It's like, it's a big story, I think, league-wide. I don't know if anybody's picking it up and running with it the way that I've felt it in terms of, like, the baseball writers. But but my goodness, I thought that was really interesting that he was there at the presser sitting next to Cody Bellinger after the disappointing contract that they got. And he and Jed Hoyer were presenting it as kind of partners um, in in bringing a player who wanted to be a Cub back to the Cubs, even though it was at about a 45% discount from what was projected during the course of the offseason. Yeah, and so this dynamic was uh, on full display today as Cody Bellinger re-met the Chicago media. You know, teams, each team functions in their own way, as they always do. And you have owners who want to be directly involved with – a roster negotiations and things along that, and then you have uh, other owners who the Cubs operate and Tom operates in a different way. And it's certainly, I- I'm amenable to anything. I've, I've never called Tom about Cody Bellinger. I always called Jed because Jed and I, frankly, talk about a lot of things in baseball all the time. And so we have a, a great communication system with the Cubs, and uh, and certainly, you know, Tom and I talk about baseball. And we run into one another, but it's it's something that's a very Mutual and amicable uh, relationship, top to bottom. Here, see that—that's him very much wanting to establish. No, I'm not just the guy who's trying to weasel more money out of an owner and pit him against the baseball boss. I'll work with any kind of owner that I need to, and here he did. So there is a dynamic here of like Cody Bellinger is back. That's good for the Cubs. Cody Bellinger wanted a long-term deal. You think that they're making nice? Because like, he was been at press conferences before for other teams. And I just, I guess I still struggle to see why the Cubs would like do Scott Boris a favor, you know, by, by putting him up there. Like, I don't, I don't. Because he helped ensure that his client would come back at a much, much discounted rate overall. Like Scott But he wanted to come back. He did want to come and back. And his family wanted him to come back. He did want to come yeah. back. But Scott is like was is trying to use Cody Bellinger and he maybe he's still trying to use Matt Chapman to to like make sure that his brand stays what it is, that right. his standards stay what they are. And he's not afraid for guys to miss time. So it was like this this standoff, and as I was talking to people close to it, it was like, yeah, whatever Scott is trying to prove and whatever he's trying to do is bad for baseball. It was the vibe that was permeating not just media, but like, you know, front offices, obviously, against him, but even some other agents. Like, this is was perceived as bad for baseball, for Boris to be holding opening day hostage, essentially. Like, if his pitchers don't get in, if Montgomery and Snell don't get in, soon they might not be ready for opening day.
might cost the teams that they do sign with yeah. a start or two uh, as they battle for a playoff spot. Might cost these guys in an overall stat. So there's a perception that it's bad for the game, but he's like that guy who wants to hold on and wants to prove the point. So he conceded. He definitely conceded here. Yeah, I, I, th- I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, I and I if you're Bellinger, I think it's going to be really hard for you to get a long-term deal because I think it's hard to imagine him repeating last year. But even if he does, if it wasn't good enough this year, mm-hmm. why would it? Why would he get a bunch more money a year older? Because out of town GMs um, who have been like really been sold by the contact rate numbers and the uh, and the exit velocity numbers, they have not wanted to believe or been able to believe that his production is real and repeatable and sustainable. So Boris is able to say at the press conference today, those numbers have been skewed incorrectly because you're not taking the count into effect and all of that. And so they, if he does that for two years in a row, there's going to be more teams that believe that what he's doing is sustainable and repeatable. Yeah, he'll opt out um, and he'll get longer than three years with two opt-outs. So yeah. it's basically a series of three one-year deals mm-hmm. that, that he got. But it feels to me like the $150 million plus contract for Cody Bellinger is not going to materialize. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I think, it, I think it still could. I think it still could. If he has another great year and he opts out, I think it absolutely could because he'll still be a guy who can play center and can play first at a really high level, and you don't have to platoon him. Like, he hits lefties well. Yes, you no, know? That, that's an incredibly valuable thing. So it's very, very rare to have a guy who's not a platoon, you know, doesn't have a platoon weakness and has all that defensive um, versatility. There's not many people out there. It was just a weird weird day, man, to have, like, you know, Jesse Rogers had asked a question about, like, uh, Jed, are you going to sign other uh, other clients of, yeah. uh, of Boris's? Back to uh, Montgomery and Snell. It's really clear because most people are like, oh, he's got to get the pitchers in. But you, based on how you, your training methods, you say they could sign any time this month and be ready? Of course they are. We've proven that time and time again. We have them under a, a program and a plan, and, and we are able to to certainly duplicate what they do in spring training. Are you getting close with any of the, any of your remote? Well, they're, you're always close. Right, right, right. You know, these, yeah. when you have elite talents, you, yeah. you get calls out of the blue. You get calls all the time. People are looking at this saying, I would do this, this, and this. And you have to evaluate each situation. And that I'm going to trade this guy, I'm going to do this because I want that guy because he's better for our team. So, again, elite ability is is something that these players make your team most likely better than how many players that I have. Right. How many players on your 25, 26-man roster are better than them? And you start going down the list, you go, I might have two or three, but I don't have beyond that. That would be my best player on my team, right? Jed and Cody Bellinger just sitting there while Scott Boris talks about his other clients. Yeah. It's funky, man. It's weird. It, it, it's weird, but he he gets he, this guy does not have a hard time finding a microphone. They just no. put him on the same stage. But like that moment where Jed said, "Yeah, you know, we talked to Cody, probably a little more than Scott wanted." <laughs> it's like it's just it, it's very interesting to see the agent and the team representing the happy unification as a guy is signing a deal that is clearly a concession. So I feel like Jed hooked up Scott in that sense. 
We will put a bow on this thing and on what has turned out to be a pretty damn newsy day with Caleb Williams speaking on the record and Cody Bellinger being back. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. What a day. What a day, what a day. A lot of stuff going on. Caleb Williams said he's got no agenda. He'd be excited to be a bear. He plays this game not for money, but for immortality, and he would love to come to a passionate sports city like Chicago. He's been looking at YouTube videos of Michael Jordan and Walter Payton, and he wants to work hard to one day reach their level. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Imagine. Imagine Imagine 22 years from now. The Bears have three Super Bowls, and we're doing a show from Canton for Caleb Williams' induction. You sure they're going to send us out there? <laughs> it's not that far. We can drive. <laughs> That's a good point. They make us walk. When when Bears quarterback Caleb Williams is inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame after his 17 year triumphant career, yeah, I will I will fund the trip to Canton. I take ah. all that back. By the way, everything that I said, I take it all back. I'm sure they would send us. I love this company. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Yep. Yeah. Go back four years, or at least to May of this year. May would be a good time. Maybe before the beginning of May, just to be safe. Uh, all right, that's that's big of you to fund because uh, uh, yeah, yeah. you just signed a million dollar contract. Yeah, I will fund the Canton, Ohio trip for Caleb Williams that's as good. long as it is at least twenty years from now, Do and we he's have a bear. To go to Canton <laughs> or the state of Ohio, as point. long as uh, the Bears will promise us that we get to talk to Caleb. Well, I guess he's be on his own. At that um, point. Hey, Tanny, 847 says, mark this down for the Caleb Goodfellas Open. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice, actually. That's excellent listening. It's excellent active listening. It's probably this day in 2025, I'd say. Oh. You're going to get one year out of them. No. Like, no, no, that's no, ridiculous. No. That's, that's ridiculous. minimum 2027. I mean, he's not Josh Rosen, right? <laughs> we don't know. And he's going to a really good team. That's the thing. It's a really good team. A really good team relative to teams that number one picks go to. That's why Poles said yesterday that, uh, you know, the context of has messed up the numbers uh, in terms of, you know, number one overall picks. Because history will tell you those are awful teams. Quarterbacks go there and fail. This is not that type of situation. It's a better team. Okay. With a better nest. And it's funny. Like, the people that are uh, just super anti-Caleb or super pro-Justin on the internet, since those quotes quotes have come out, I've just seen a lot more people say, well, yeah, we'll wait until he gets measured. He's going to be 5'10". Yeah, they've shifted to that. You know, know, so it's just... A lot of that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But April 25th. April 25th. That's the day. Before then, though, Fields will be traded to the Falcons. April 25th. That's the day they trade down from the nine pick and take uh, Chop Robinson and Keon Coleman Uh, Again, two late first round draft. Again, I'm going to lay it out more fully on tomorrow's show, but get less draft compensation from Atlanta for Fields, but swap the ninth and the eighth pick. Jump Atlanta so that they can't take a receiver and you move in front of a team that needs a receiver in the draft. I like that idea a lot. Move up from nine to eight, get in front of Atlanta, give them Justin Fields and still pick up a, a mid round draft pick. So get a but, three instead of a two for yeah, the opportunity but, to swap. But you move up from nine to eight. Mm. I like that idea a lot. I think that's you. You both need a receiver. So if the third receiver comes off the board at eight right. and Fields gets 
Neighbors or Odunze in Atlanta, and you don't have a receiver there for Caleb. He's got that guy and Drake London. And, and Bijan Kyle Robinson, Pitts and Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and a dome, and yeah. they're a playoff team, and you're not next year. Yeah, not interested. <laughs> not interested in that scenario. He can get another receiver. I want all good. Th- I want to. I want to play Justin Fields in the playoffs mm-hmm. with the better quarterback. That's what I'm looking for. Well, Mark Grody was on the show. He was on the show, and it was a lot of fun to talk to him from the combine. He'll do it again tomorrow at five o'clock. Connor O'Donnell, Kevin Lapka, Twitch chat video stream. Thank you, sir. Shane Ritter, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill, making us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score. All right, I got to go here, guys. I'm, I, I got something.